Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. And I continue to be outraged and disgusted by the spinelessness of the GOP. Not just Trump being displayed by Lavrov, right? Like (laughs) Trump was the dog that Lavrov is standing behind. Look at how nicely the doggy sits. But also I've been thinking a lot about how the Senate is going to take up this impeachment thing. And I want to talk about impeachment today. But the Senate's going to take up this impeachment thing in January. Mm -hmm. And no Republican senator will act like he or she has actually seen the evidence and thinks, which they privately do, that this man should be impeached, that he did something wrong. And even Mitt Romney, mm-hmm. who is old, mm-hmm. who is wealthy, who at least at some point thought of himself as an independent voice within the Republican Party. Remember when he was like, I'm going to stand up to Trump and I'm going to be that other voice that perhaps John McCain was at one point long ago? He's going to fall in line and vote for not against impeachment. They're punks. What, what is the what is the point? Tore, look, here's the thing. The GOP are punks. This is what they're putting on display every day. Uh, the impeachment hearing was the display of fuckery that I don't think that I have ever seen in mm. my entire life. And I watch a lot of Real Housewives. Um, <laughs> and I will, you know, and I will say that I, I think that, frankly, they probably displayed themselves a lot better than Matt Gates, than Jim Jordan. They and showed the their ass of, more than Lizzo. I mean, bitch, <laughs> that is not the truth. I mean, here's the thing. What I what I think is really terrifying about all of this is that they have no allegiance to the truth. They have no allegiance to facts. They are not interested at getting to the bottom of anything. And I think that, you know, at least, and this is what people continue to say, at least during the Clinton impeachment time, Democrats actually did want to understand what occurred here, Right, right? Right, right. Is it actually an impeachable offense to have an affair, to get caught because you lied about it? Should you really be removed from office? That's a real question to have asked. The question around Nixon, it was bipartisan. Should this man be thrown out of office because he broke into an office and tried to defraud the American people? Is that an impeachable offense? Republicans now, some 30 years later, 
They don't care about the rule of law whatsoever. And when you listen even to William Barr in an interview yesterday, essentially defaming his own FBI, um, their own agencies, just throwing them under the bus. The idea is here that they don't want Americans to believe in anything. Right. They want us to, they want to sow distrust, right? So that we literally believe in nothing. So then we just feel like, well, this is all just going to happen. We're throwing our hands up in the air and we're walking away from the system altogether so that they can continue to rip it apart. Well, that's what they want, right? The, that's exactly the what they want. The thesis of the case for Republicans is that government is the problem. Yes. Democrats believe that government can solve problems. Mm -hmm. So Democrats go to Washington to let's work together. And even if the Republicans are throwing a temper tantrum, they're like, well, how can we find a way to work with them to get something done? And we now have Biden and Buttigieg promising that they're going to find a way, they're going to have a way of getting Republicans to work with them. Well, no, you're not. That's impossible. They are purposely don't want to work with you. They, they purposely don't want to work. Right, right, right. They obstructed Obama mm -hmm. for eight years. You cannot tell the history of the Obama presidency without talking about obstruction mm -hmm. um, as, a, as a consciously stated philosophy. We will keep him from accomplishing anything so that he will be a one-term president. We will sacrifice government working so right. that we can have a chance to win in 2012. It didn't work, but they've gone even further along in that strategy because now they could accomplish things because they have the White House and the Senate, but they are still destroying the function of government so but that their people see government doesn't work. But that, Touré, is what exactly is their desire to accomplish. That is an accomplishment. If you gut the EPA, if you gut the State Department, if you gut the Department of Education, then you're able to privatize everything. Mm. That is a huge win. That is money in their pockets. Like when we actually start to connect the dots as to why these things are happening, you're absolutely right. They never wanted government to, fun to function. Right. They never did. Because if government is functioning, that means that private business. That means that corporations are being regulated. That means that they have no place to go after they leave Capitol Hill. What what lobbying group are they going to? What corporation are they going to, right? They literally, our entire government structure under Republicans has been based around quid pro quo, except sure. it hasn't been with foreign entities all the time. It's been with corporations. And so their whole idea is to privatize everything, which is why Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, those two people in particular, are terrifying to the billionaires and the gazillionaires on Wall Street because they know that these people will come in and recognize, no, these are systemic problems that have been created on purpose to keep wealthy people very, very wealthy and to keep poor people extremely poor. Yeah, I think those are, you're touching on the two core functions of government mm -hmm. in a society is to make sure that business functions, yep. right? And to protect the poor from the wealthy so that the wealthy don't over-dominate the poor, mm -hmm. right? But the Republican philosophy is to help the wealthy and business as much as possible. Right? It can go back to the Powell doctrine of like, we are on the side of business, which ultimately for them means we're on the side of the wealthy. And so- they are when they gut the government the way you're talking about, they are making it easier for the wealthy to be in control. So, yes, Warren 100%. and Sanders are their their nightmare candidates who will point the finger and say big business and the wealthy are the problem. We should not have billionaires or at least not this many in the society. Um, 
they, the Republican Party is a core problem with modern America. And, yes. And one of their biggest aiders and abettors is media who won't say straight up things like that, who are steeped in both sidesism, right? I was part mm-hmm. of the Chris Saliza dragging this week on Twitter mm-hmm. when he looked at the hearing and said, all I saw was a bunch of men yelling at each other and it's unwatchable. I saw no Democrats yelling. I saw no Democrats being uncivil. And you may have your critique of them, but it was clear what was happening was the Republicans were creating a food fight so that they could go back to their people and say, look, it's a food fight. They want people to say D.C. is dysfunctional, not the Republican Party is dysfunctional, which is the truth. And when people, multi-million dollar analysts on CNN, Mm -hmm. the supposedly objective one, say... (laughs) Both sides are equally at fault. You are crippling America's ability to understand. But we also have to understand what our what our information is being funneled through. Okay, so what we're talking about is essentially a capitalist structure that was created to keep a certain to keep the pyramid intact, to keep the top of the pyramid extremely wealthy and to keep the base extremely poor. And we see poverty as a problem of laziness. Poverty is a problem of dysfunction in personality. It is not a problem that has been created purposefully to keep certain groups down. And And so when we think about why that information is not penetrating, is not going through, and it's easier to have the both sidisms, well, who the fuck is running the networks, right? Mm. The very billionaires that we are talking about. Who owns information? The very billionaires that we are talking about. So you're only getting funneled through what they believe is necessary for you to be funneled through. The idea of creating a food fight isn't just between Democrats and Republicans, as we see on Capitol Hill in the impeachment hearing. It's actually creating a food fight across the nation, across stratifications of different groups. Because as long as we maintain our fight amongst each other, whether it is white people who don't want black people in their neighborhoods, in their spaces, in their jobs, in their mm. places, or Latinx people in their in their spaces, in their in their country, in all of these things, as long as you have that fight going on, then the actual fight, the economic injustice that perpetuates all of this, can stay exactly where it is. It can stay status quo. Right. And that's what they want when. And I think that what is so what's so interesting to me and you know that I never say anything good about Bernie Sanders. What is so interesting to me, because you guys know that he just, you know, he just oozes white male privilege. It just oozes out of his body. Nonetheless, um, what is interesting to me about a Sanders presidency or a Warren presidency is that I think for the first time we would actually get to the bottom of these issues, right? We would get to the bottom of the corporatization of America. We would get to the bottom of the the basis of inequality and structural inequality that has been purposely put in place. It's not an accident. And we always look at poverty like it is an accident. It is an unfortunate event of birth. It's not. Right. It's literally been created. It's right. a structure that's been created in a way to keep certain people down. I mean, I think about the way that we have structured taxation in this country in mm-hmm. that for the most part, your tax dollars go for go to f- fund the widest array of things, right? Like my tax dollars are part of the upkeep of Central Park, which I hardly ever go to, right? There's mm-hmm. part of the upkeep of certain highways and roads that I will never use. Police officers who will never have a chance to stop and frisk me. But, oh, shit. But <laughs> it, it, the school taxation is hyper-localized, 
right? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. W- in an in a world of segregation, that helps perpetuate the wealth gap, right? Because yes. you go to the school nearest you, mm-hmm. and instead of we all paying for, so all the public schools are good. Certain public schools are good, and certain public schools are shit. And the shitty public schools are closer to the segregated poorer areas. So that helps create the workers who don't really know enough to become uh, the leaders. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you live on the Upper East Side, you don't have to go to Spence. You could send your kids to local public school. It's probably really good. They have lots of really good resources. If you live in most areas in Brooklyn, the local public school is probably not that good. And that's a function of how we do the taxation, which we don't do anything else like that. No, we don't. And I, you know, and I think that the problem here is that when you look at when when we were looking at poverty, when we were looking at the, our economic classes, and you're saying that you know what we need is like oh we need to build a pipeline, or as Pete Buttigieg said in his 2011 uh, video that went viral, which is that you know black people they just don't have enough role models, right? Mm. That's why they don't mm. care about education mm. right. because they just don't have enough role, role models, models to show them, right? It's not the fucking works. role models. I don't need a fucking role model. There are plenty of role models that are around in the communities, and they don't all need to be carrying briefcases, and they don't all like there are plenty of people. It is not about role models. It is about infrastructure. It is about investment. Investment and not investment in the terms of charity, like let me give you a grant. It's like, no, let me invest in your community. That's what we don't feel like we have to do. And so when you have these corporate, these corporations that you give breaks to, and you have the tax breaks for the billionaires, and then they want to break you off a little piece and say, oh, look, here's a hundred, you know, million dollars maybe to all of these 85,000 programs. And we're like, bravo. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for what? Right. You're literally robbing people. You're literally extorting communities of their well-being, of the best years of their life that they're giving to prop you up so that you can have, you know, a third private plane. Let me ask you something, because we're in the midst of this impeachment Mm -hmm. process. Uh, Articles of impeachment have been drawn up. He will almost certainly be impeached by the House. The votes are there. They were always there. And yet we haven't moved. In D.C., in the country, we haven't moved. Everybody is where they were at the beginning before the evidence was laid out on the table. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. 
You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Does it matter? Yes, it does matter. And I and I would push back on you, Torre, to say that everybody is not where they were because we are at over fifty percent of the over fifty percent of the population is for impeachment. Over fifty percent of the people believe that something illegal took place and that action actually needs to be taken. What was that number before we started hearing all the evidence? I think that in the beginning, it was, we were around like, we were doing a slow creep from like 39%. Then we started in the 40s and now we're above 50. The fact, but here's the problem. And the, the answer to your question is, does it matter? It will only, impeachment will only matter. The work that the House has done in investigating and laying out a case will only matter if we actually have the will of the people to force their members to do something about it. And I'm talking about their senators. The only way that the Senate is going to move is by will of the people. If Mitch McConnell feel fears that he is going to lose the Senate, which means that he is going to lose the gavel, he will turn on Donald Trump. I believe that. More than I believe anything but are we else. Close to that? I no, don't think because so. instead of people being in the streets the way that they were in Hong Kong, the way they have been in Lebanon, the way they have been in various places around the country, we're all Netflixing and fucking chilling. So I mean, well, not just I, that, but we are anesthetized, or at least half of the country is anesthetized by Fox, which keeps telling them this is a partisan food fight. You don't need to pay attention. I would argue that I and I, you know, people tell me that I'm a conspiracy theorist, and I'm telling you, in a couple of years, you'll be like, oh, Danielle did say that on democracy-ish, um, that here's the thing, that I believe that these entities, these these the streaming, the Hulus, the Netflixes, all of these things, I believe that they are a part of the bigger problem. We are being lulled into complacency because we are so, to your point, exhausted. We are so riddled with anxiety. My therapist told me the other day, do you know how many people are so fucking stressed out? Uh, like just on a regular basis? Right here. And so what do you do? What do most people do when they're stressed out? They tap out because to be at, in a state of rage all the time, like I am, is exhausting, right? And so you want to tap out. And I tell people, take a break so that you do not have a breakdown. But at the end of the day, I believe that we would probably have more activity on the ground and in the streets if I don't know, you couldn't stream for a day. But the left could not be angrier. The left could not be more outraged by what's going on and what has happened. The right is happy because they are owning the libs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not actually getting anything politically out of it. He's not really conservative. He's not delivering on the policy goals that they have. Barack Obama uh, delivered in terms of what we wanted, in terms of we've been dreaming of major health care reform mm-hmm. for generations as liberals, as Democrats, and they delivered that. Now, I'm not saying Barack did everything that we wanted, mm-hmm. but but a major policy goal of the left was took a huge step toward it. It's not single payer, but we took a huge step forward on that goal. Donald Trump has not delivered on any significant— Not true. What? Donald Trump has. What? 
He has successfully managed to kill at least seven or eight undocumented children. He has successfully been able to lock up 60 to 70,000 children to break up families of undocumented people from, from is this, across is, the Are you really I'm saying not, this is what no, the I'm right like, wants? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I mean, I think I, they but, like it that he's doing no, it, but no, they weren't dreaming I, of this oh, for think, years. Oh, bullshit. I absolutely think that they do. These white, these right wing, rabid, white supremacist racists, you absolutely, they have been dreaming of a moment when you as a person of color, right? Because you could be considered Latinx driving around in Texas, right? <laughs> I could be considered, you know, I could be a dark skinned Dominican, Mexican, you know, driving around. They have dreamed of the day where you could just be pulled over. Right. Where you're you're showing your ID snatched and thrown in a cage because that's where you belong. They have been dreaming of this moment. Right. So you have that. Then, oh, my God, you got to kick out patriotic transgender people out of the military. You got to do that. Oh, those those people shouldn't have been in the military to begin with. You got to ban full several countries of Muslim people from coming into this from coming into the country. Those ISIS people, you got to ban them. He did exactly what he said that he was going to do. Does it change their economic status? Does no. it put more food on the table? No. Does it bring home a bigger paycheck for them? No. no, it doesn't do any of those things. But aesthetically, you are stopping those people from ruining my good white country. Okay. And mm -hmm. not to mention that, then we can go into a whole thing about the string of abortion legislation, the string of heartbeat bills that have come out, propagated up well, if, by see, that, Donald Trump that, as well. That's, that's, to me, that's their health care, that they have been dreaming Ugh. for, what is it, 45 years mm. of overturning Roe, mm -hmm. and they're moving toward it with the Supreme Court justices. Mm -hmm. But if they were actually able to overturn Roe or to, or to some other way outlaw abortion coast to coast, then he would say, look, I have delivered a major conservative dream for you. But... He's not a real conservative. I mean, he's not a real anything except a huckster, a liar, and like a, a used car salesman. What is mm -hmm. Donald Trump really? He's a real piece of shit. But like at the end, you know, at the end of the day, what he is really good at is the razzle dazzle of the thing. And so he has sold them on his hate, propped up by Stephen Miller, who is mm. who who what is happening right now with our immigration system is his literal wet dream. Yeah. He is getting everything that he has ever wanted. Right? <sighs> so like when you think about that. Is there any workplace in America where Stephen Miller would survive? Definitely not at Walmart. Uh, <laughs> He'd be fired I don't from Walmart. think at Kmart. I don't I mean, think he couldn't um, be a, a I don't think he could I, I literally don't think that he could really legitimately work anywhere. I mean like other uh, than the White it, House. Once you know his positions and and his emails have been released and yeah. we he is who we thought he was. But once that is laid bare in newspapers and the internets and the blogs, like where else could he work? Nowhere. Everybody else would have to fire him. Everyone else would be forced to fire him. Like literally, he is he is what a an employee handbook was created for. <laughs> like like he is that person. Like all the things that you're like in that employee video that you're watching, that could never possibly happen. That's literally, not real. that's fucking Stephen that's Miller. That's not real. Uh, we just saw, right before we started, new numbers from Quinnipiac on yes. where black voters are. It is increasingly frightening to me. I have never, I can't remember a time mm. in my lifetime when I felt so disconnected from what the majority of black people are supporting 
politically, in terms of a political candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, black people liked Bill Clinton. I yeah. liked Bill Clinton, right? Sure. And then we were, uh, then it was Gore. You know, I think black people supported Gore. I liked Gore, reluctantly, but I liked Gore. Mm-hmm. Obviously, then we had Obama. I mean, I don't see it, you guys. Quinnipiac has 51% of black people now with Crime Bill Joe, okay? And then you get Sanders at 13, Warren at 12. That's margin of error, so they're tied. Mm -hmm. Then you get 10%, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then you get other people in the fours and the twos. Klobuchar's got a two. Uh, Stop and Frisk Mike has a four. You know, tiny Booty numbers. Dead, you don't have any role models, got a two. Got a two, right? I mean, Yang got a two, right? I mean, like... So they they don't matter. But like, my God, we are lining up behind Joe. Now, are we going to get or should we get a black VP out of the deal if Joe should be able to close the deal? Because Joe's continued lead is based on him standing atop of this massive support from black people. Yeah. So, I mean, I wrote about this week. I wrote about Kamala Harris this week as a possible VP pick uh, in Zora magazine. And, you know, but as I was writing it, um, one, I want to see an all woman ticket. So this is so this is this is not helpful news. This polling is not helpful news for me. Um, But I do think that we need a woman, a person of color in the VP slot. I actually think that this time around, who was chosen for VP may just, in fact, be as important as who was chosen for president. Because. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. While these poll numbers suggest that black people are behind Biden, even though black millennials are not, not. Um, even though black uh, Gen, X, uh, Gen Xers, who nobody cares about our opinions anyway, True. are not. Um, so that you're talking about 50 plus that are that are for strong, you know, strongly, strong strongly for, for Joe Biden. And, and, they're, the number, and they're strong, consistent voters. So and this I, matters. And I hate the I hate the reliance on the polling that Biden can beat Trump in a head to head. It's far too early to care about something like that. But now we're seeing numbers where multiple of the leading Dems uh, in the race can beat Trump in a head to head. So what is the argument for Biden? So the argument for Biden, again, we talked about this before, is like the, you know, Barack Obama 
mom is my black best friend. Like right. I, I, I mean, I honestly, I don't know what it, el- what else it is. He hasn't offered well, not one substantive policy. He has said things that are just as offensive. I mean, there was a game that was going around at some point that was like, did Trump say it or did Biden say it? Wow. And it was similar language, and that's wow. what I'm saying. Like they are similar. One is a white supremacist and a racist, wanna, but the other one is I, like also tongue twisted and tongue tied as it is pertaining to race. I want to play that right? game. Next week, we're going to play that game. Yo, next week, we're going to play that game. And I'm telling you, it's a scary game. Now, wait. So do you prefer the Kamala as VP idea or the Stacey Abrams so idea? or who. And thank you so much for asking. Um, who I prefer is Stacey Abrams. She's a child of the South, born in Madison, raised in Mississippi. Perfect candidate. I think that she, I think Texas, I think North Carolina, I think all of the South becomes heavily in play with a heavy, heavy people of color turnout that I believe that she can do. She is a daughter of the South. She is the one that I think that she could build up an apparatus. People would be excited because of the work that she was able to do in transforming and putting Georgia in play Warren is what Stacey Abrams did. Abrams is your dream ticket. Hell yes. Now, I want to take a step back from the whole discussion because I don't believe that vice presidents have the impact, the potential impact that you're suggesting. I prefer to see if you're going to accept that philosophy that I don't believe in, um, at least choose somebody from a red state like a- Abrams. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're trying to overturn rather than as much as I love Kamala Choosing somebody from a blue state that you're already yeah, going to walk help. away yeah. with. What, what, what are you doing there, right? Yeah. I mean, like. You I'd could, like to see her in the cabinet. You, uh, Attorney you, General is what, you know. You know, I, 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 would fight, I would fight that only because she could become, Kamala could become a, a powerful senator for the next 12 to 18 years and be one of these Ted Kennedy types who mm-hmm. is massively important in the Senate. Uh, Dianne Feinstein, on and on. Um rather than two to three years as AG and then she steps down and then she's out of the limelight. Right. But I just don't believe and I don't think we see the evidence in the political science that people vote for the bottom of the ticket. That pe- I mean, would people come out s- differently for Stacey Abrams? I believe that they would. I don't know. I think that Stacey Abrams is a rock star. And I think that she's a rock star across the board in so many different ways. Look, we're living in a different political climate and a different time. And I would have liked to say that, you know, a lot of things that I thought would never happen and I would never see and would never matter wouldn't have happened. But in fact, they all have. And my worst nightmare is coming true every single day. Mm. So the idea that it wouldn't help, that it couldn't be, that it is a co-equal kind of ticket, right? Because I sure as hell know, even if it is a, a Biden uh Abrams, which has also, you know, Buttigieg, his team put that out there. Remember when they put out the 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 picture of the both of them together? People push back heavily on that. It is all it was also um, floated by Biden. You know, his team like, oh, what do people think about Stacey Abrams? And then she was just like, I if I'm running, I'm not running to be number two. But then she decided not to run at all. I'm telling you, anybody would they would be crazy not to consider putting her on their ticket for all of the reasons just laid out about the South, it about the sense. infrastructure, and about the excitement. It makes sense. I know that the power of the black vote weighs much more heavily in the primary, in the Democratic primary, mm-hmm. than in the general election. Mm-hmm. I know that the Democratic Party and whiteness in general has quite often taken us for granted. And I feel like... The country that I've been witnessing 
for 48, almost 49 years will make you think that we need you, we're going to take you, and then they will pull the football away like Lucy from Charlie Brown Mm. and go with a white vice presidential choice. And you'll think that it makes sense because this is what we need to win the Midwest. The Midwest is what we need, not the South. And if I don't I know. I'm not about I'm the not. Midwest one more oh, goddamn time. God, Let me tell you me something about, about Middle America March. I don't give a fuck because <laughs> chasing white women for their votes never hasn't worked. Mm. Tell me, tell me, in, in how many decades and how many elections have white women voted with the Democrat? Mm. Okay. So why do you keep chasing after somebody well, that single, is not trying to, is sing, not trying to come for you? Single women, unmarried women, typically go with the Democrats. It's married women who typically go with the Republicans. Mm-hmm. So I still am not interested in running after white women suburban, for their vote when black women, in fact, show up and show out all the time. And but that's just your, it. That's just it. Point, they know we're con- going to show up and show out. Constantly ignored. Why do why why do we have to give I don't know, them something maybe when I don't they're going to show up to anyway? Bring back slavery. Because mm. if you want to believe that that's not a fucking option, mm. you all want to you all want to sit around and think that like that's not a thing that could that could possibly happen. Like, look, black people know what the worst looks like, which is why we show up all the time. White people are just starting to think about, oh, maybe the FBI has done some shady shit. I can tell you a whole list of black oh, people that on. will talk about it that have been saying for the longest time look, that these agencies have been, they, oh, I don't know, surveilling their own people and also killing them and they, covering it up. But let's all pretend that now that it's a white person that. Maybe we should look at the FBI. <laughs> they just tried to reclassify Jewish people as a nationality, ultimately so that they could get rid of them, send them back to Israel. And I could say this because my sister just did a 23andMe, and we are 30% Jewish. There you go. <laughs> Put out your receipts. Don't let the people come for you. <laughs> Don't let them come for you. I, I don't even know what to do with this. Like, I haven't even wrapped my head around, like, what do I do with this in terms of identity? Because I've been, like, you know, Mr. Blackness, right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm, like, a third Jewish. And, like, both those things, of course, can exist. Lenny Kravitz, shout out to my brother from two different mothers. But, like, I don't I don't know what to do with it. Like, I got to figure out, like, how do I... How do I how do I deal with this idea? I love it. I embrace it, but I don't know how to embrace it. Like what part of it do I do I think about? How do I think about myself differently now? I don't know. I got to figure it out. I don't know. You should figure that out though. But now one idea that came across my Twitter earlier today mm-hmm. that really sort of made me think is that there there is quite a generational diversity on the stage going forward in that we have Two members of the silent generation, the generation before the boomers, right, still in it, in uh, Biden and Sanders. Mm -hmm. We have a boomer in Elizabeth Warren, Mm -hmm. right? We have a millennial in Buttigieg, Mm -hmm. right? Kamala was right on the cusp of Gen X, 1964. So she just is the end of the boomers. Okay. Not really Gen Xer. Um Booker is a Gen Xer. Yang is still on the stage. He's Gen X. There's no real chance for a Gen Xer Not in this to election. win this election. Yeah. We've never had a Gen X president. We've had four consecutive boomer presidents. Mm-hmm. And if Elizabeth Warren wins, that would be five consecutive. 
Um, this is the silent generation's last chance in terms of aging Literally, out. Literally, their right? last chance. They're, they're going to die out before they... Yeah. And, but they were cut out, right? The silent generation never got a president, right? And if they don't get Biden or Sanders, they will be the first major generation in American history to be skipped over. And part of why that happened is because the boomers were so large, they changed America, and then they had four consecutive boomer presidents. Got it. And there is a real chance that Gen X will be skipped over because we are sandwiched between the largest generation in American history, the baby boomers, and a close second largest generation in American history, the millennials. And the next time we go to vote in 2024, the oldest millennials will be mid 40. Wow. Some of them will be 45, 46 years old. They will be dominant in terms of their middle age and control of the country, it is a very strong chance that we will never see well, a Gen de- X I president. Mean, we're definitely not going to see it this round. Um, and, you know, there was some good opportunity. I think that, you know, I feel some type of way about Generation X as being a part of Generation X because I think that we are a very intellectually nimble generation Mm -hmm. that is constantly overlooked. Mm -hmm. Like we are early adopters of technology. We are highly educated. um, And and yet there's just not enough of us, as you you say. And I think it's not for lack of talent, lack of, you know— dedication to social issues or being, you know, or being curious or innovative. I don't think it's any of those things. I do think that it's just lack of size. Um, You know, my feeling, though, about millennials as we as we go forward and as they begin to age is that we have always been fed this idea that the younger generation is going to like usher in some level of greatness. Like we're going to be less racist and we're going to be, you know, and 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 all of these good things are going to happen. and it never happens. Well, well, they are much more climate aware, right? So we're seeing that revolution. Sure. Th- we have seen a massive gender revolution over the past few years. So that has realigned the really? entirety of society. We still haven't had a woman president. Oh, and, right. you know, there is still, me- like, we just are still in the midst of Me Too, where we're learning just how sexist every single industry is and what women have to deal with in order to even get anywhere. Um, so I don't, I, so I, I would say, yeah, I guess, huh? Because we're not all in the kitchen still with a baby on one hip and a bottle of bourbon <laughs> in the other. I guess maybe we're better. Was it bourbon? I didn't um, know I don't that. know what they, it was Mother's Little Helper. Mother's what was Little that? Helper. Was well, yeah, bur- I didn't know. I don't know. I made that up. Well, well, I think Mick Jagger was singing about a pill, but like bourbon, oh, sure. Oh, okay. Right? Was he not, right? He was singing about a pill. Yeah. But I mean, you know. <laughs> I, like, okay. I, I I feel I do feel like Gen X is the tail that and and in terms of the intellectual direction of the country and the mm. millennials are the dog and we are being wagged by the millennials and that we are having to adjust to we definitely have had to adjust. the way that they approach society yeah. as opposed to. Boomers didn't have to super adjust to us. I mean, they they would probably say, yeah, we had to adjust. But, like, I feel like, you know, we have been, like, shaken. Like, millennials are like, we see things differently. Okay, Karen, catch up. And it's been like, oh, I got, we better catch up. And it just suggests to me that as they get a little bit older, they're, like, on the cusp of it. Like, Buttigieg, like, the first major national millennial candidate. And that 
floodgate will only open up. I imagine the next time around, we'll see like four or five billionaire Facebook millennials who are like, I like, just I threw have, up in my mouth. <laughs> I have great ideas. I already changed the world once. Google and Facebook are behind me and the White House is in front of me. I li- I, li- I have nothing to say to that. I just became so disgusted with everything. Well, would you rather movie, would reality you... bites? That's how I consistently feel. Yeah. But that's how literally. Wait, would how you I rather? Feel. And this is this is perhaps oh, uh, Sophie's choice for the country. Oh my would god! Would you rather rich? I mean, excuse me, old billionaires or young billionaires? It's like you're asking me, <laughs> fuck, murder, kill. Like I don't like you know. I don't. I don't know. What is that game? It's like fuck, marry, murder. Like what is that? That's what you just no, asked me to do. F- I, murder like, or kill? That. Oh, do I want a young a young billionaire or an old billionaire? Yeah. That's the, literally the question. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I opt out. They all suck. There's nobody that is a bill. I'm gonna be honest with you. There, wh- who is the only billionaire that I would say, oh yeah, you could be president. Well, yeah, Oprah, no, Oprah, not Oprah, even Oprah. 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 No, I wish, you, Oprah, get out of here. You're going to get your wish, black card taken. I don't you better wish stop. That, I don't wish stop. that for Oprah. I don't wish, no, I don't but wish she the could, White House for Oprah. She would be a great president. Come on, you'd vote for Jay-Z. You'd vote for Oprah. I would vote for Jay-Z. I think that Jay-Z may sell me out. And I say that as somebody mm, who loves Jay-Z. Mm, but I think that Jay-Z may sell me out mm. at some point, right? <laughs> So like I, I only I don't if he trust, can look cooler. No, I I think I he, don't trust them. He would be an interesting president. He would immediately end the war on drugs and legalize marijuana and probably everything else right away. And we'd have weed shops on every corner. He'd be like, yeah, I know how Great. to. Hustle. I would love for but the Oprah, world to look like Oprah Denver. would. Oprah would be. <laughs> Oprah would be an amazing president. She. I do not want to put her through a campaign. I just want to teleport her oh, directly right. okay. into the if White that, House. If that's going to be the case. If we're going to play that game, then sure. Oprah would be great. Uh, I think that Oprah is is literally indicative of the American dream. She knows poverty, right? She knows racism. I think she truly she was cares able about to, people. She cares about people. She, she understands is, business. She's evolved as a human spiritually. She understands communication. Yeah. I think. I think if you could teleport her out of the her, the, the horrific the misogyny, racism, the nastiness, all of those things, and just put her in the Oval, then. Hell yeah. She would be the only billionaire. But the I'd only billionaire. Is there any other billionaire who we would be accepting of as a president? No, because Zuckerberg is going to tell me, you know, the truth isn't truth. Who am I to decide the truth? Right. No, he'd be horrible. Like he's, he would be horrible. Mark Cuban, we're not. No, no. Oh, my Mark God. Cuban. No, no, I mean, no. if Steve Jobs was alive, I'd go for Nick him. Steve Jobs. But, he's but not then alive. I'm worried about artificial intelligence and what he would have done by oh, now. Oh, please. We're we're going to get fucked by artificial intelligence regardless. We're already. It's happening now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. No, yeah. soon enough, Siri guys, will be telling us what to do. The future looks bleak. Yeah. Just FYI. Well, thanks for listening to <laughs> Democracy Ish. I'm Tore. And I'm Danielle Booty Bill. And I'm crying inside Deeply. because I don't know if America will exist next week. Yeah, but, but if, if it does, if it does, we'll, we'll be, be there. there.